Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special podcast, because today it is our 500th podcast. Can you believe that? With me, with me today, as always, is my team godfather affiliate. It's Scott (laughs) McLeod, everybody. (laughs) Hey, look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. No. I know. And if we are Team Godfather, then we need our hoes. And what better than Nathan Greenaway? It's great to be here. Thank you. It's great to do episode 500. Um, I don't know if I've ever done 500 of anything before. Uh, It's a hell of an achievement. And all we had to do was not stop making them. Exactly. Um, No matter how much they told us to stop. Yeah. (laughs) Keep going, eventually you get to 500. I mean, I've got a whole filing cabinet full of cease and desist orders. But, you know, who cares about that? Carl, what's your favourite moment from the 500 podcasts? My favourite moment is not having to do this one. Oh, wait, I am. (laughs) Well, you got close. (laughs) Oh, okay. can, I, can, I, can I say that my favourite moment uh, is yet to happen on this episode? It's, my, it's a very cheap answer. It's yet to happen. Or I could say it was the 28th out of the last 500 that I happened to not be on. Probably my WWE um, does Disney uh, for our last fantasy booking, which it's no way I can no way live up to. So this is just going to be one big anticlimax, as is the story of my life. Yep, but it's always good to start off the podcast by explaining why it's going to be bad. <laughs> well, that's the key to life. The key to life is lowering your expectations. Yeah, unlike the Oscars where they try and glam up crap for the evening, we're just coming straight out and saying it. <laughs> like, it's like that Bo Burnham song where he basically said, if you want love, you need to lower your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so this is a wrap to celebrate our 500th pod. We are do- back with some fantasy booking and it's interpromotional. It's all hell can break loose. I'm knowing Ooh. Nathan and knowing Nathan, it probably will. <laughs> uh, potentially, uh, this was a chore. Like I know we're coming up and saying this is a bad episode. I wrote a much better script and I'm not allowed to read it out. <laughs> the IOC have uh, also seized that <laughs> and said that no, no. So um, no. Well, mine's been reworked a couple of times, and I still think it's shite. But hey ho, we'll Should we actually say what what we're fantasy booking? Yeah, like, we may as well. Out, well yeah. I'm confident. I'm confident that's what I titled it. But just in case I didn't, uh, we're doing we're doing the invasion. Uh, well, no, well, well, not the invasion, the pay-per-view from 2001. Yeah, it's in the concept of it. We're fancy booking in it a modern-day version of the invasion pay-per-view. But mine is nothing like that. <laughs> God, Carl is really... I feel like you want to go first. Carl's got his Amazon Prime presents the invasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to say oh, it will be delivered tomorrow. It's not here yet. <laughs> you would have listened to, you would have listened to his card today if you got Amazon Prime. <laughs> you signed up today. My mind, well, it, it, there is sort of um, cross-promotional matches, but 
Mine is... <laughs> I've gone sort of the Nathan route, really. Mine is, mine, mine is called Roads to Redemption. It's the, story oh, of, okay. it's the story of Cody Rhodes' journey back to WWE. Because that's what we all want. Yeah. <laughs> Adrenaline <laughs> in my soul. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> So when, so when we said, oh, let's, let's, uh, let's fantasy book an invasion storyline, you decided to not and yeah. did something else. I didn't even fantasy book a storyline. I fantasy book an invasion pay-per-view, which has what vaguely resembles a storyline. So when we did wrestling pay-per-views and this man did the story of John Cena. And reading out almost the entirety of a Chick-fil-A menu when we were met to do SummerSlam. <laughs> and an advert for an indoor water park. Got to get those sponsorship deals, guys. How do you think <laughs> we're keeping these microphones on? <laughs> uh, by pressing play. <laughs> oh. I mean, my, my, I got a bit sick of basically thinking I went about there and then realising I booked the most regular wrestling car compared to everybody else. So I, I compared mine in our group chat to a full-on Russo S. I went heavy in on the gimmick matches here. <laughs> You know, I wrote a version of this and then I ripped out 20 minutes before we recorded and rewrote it again. <laughs> I've literally already got about four or five matches, I think. But nonetheless, I think I may have like yeah. seven or so. Well, well, let's get on. Let's let's get into this. We, we've done enough teasing. We've done enough explaining why you should turn off. Uh, <laughs> but if yeah, you're still here, still 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 <laughs> so, Thanks, uh, Bob. Hi, Bob. Yeah. So, Carl, do you want to do you want to take a kick us off? You're saying you don't have matches, so I'm not sure how we're going to no, break I, this down. I do have matches. I've, I've broken down things into parts, so so we're all right. Some some parts will be briefer than others. So I'll start with my first part, and we'll we'll see how we get on. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be a bigger dumpster fire than uh, the control your narrative promotion. <laughs> What the hell is that? You don't want to know. No. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the one thing, one of the few things in wrestling right now that I'd actively encourage you not to, to check out. Ah, I won't. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, recently me and Sam tried in vain to get you to watch No Surrender. <laughs> what was that? Remember, you, remember we were trying to encourage you to watch the most recent Impact thing? Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Um... Yeah, I think I watched like half of it after some rubbish tag match finished. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> anyway, Carl, let's let's do this. Okay. You're trying to avoid it. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> my delaying my delaying tactics about working. See, while me and you are talking, Ethan, he's actively writing more stuff. Yeah, I feel like he's not finished. <laughs> if you listen carefully, you can hear. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can hear Carl's typewriter in the background. Oh, I handwrite mine. I was looking for a pencil then to see if I, to see if I could just start mock writing something so you could hear some. I don't think that works. Right, let's go. Roads to Redemption, Part One. Cody Rhodes lies in the middle of the ring. He's battered, bruised, and bloodied. His wife Brandy's kneeling down beside him, tears in her eyes. That's it. Booms a familiar voice. That's all you've got. Cody looks up. Wipe sweat and blood from his brow. His eyes are hazy, his vision blurred. But as his vision starts coming back to him, he sees the presence of Vince McMahon looming over him. He thought it would be that easy, 
Vince continues, you really thought you could walk back in here after leaving me, after leaving me high and dry and creating another company to compete against me. Well, you can think again, pal. Vince continues on his triad as he steps inside the ring, holding a bag. He takes, he opens the bag and he pulls something out, throws it over onto Cody. I will never rehire Cody Rhodes, Vince Fellows, but I will rehire this guy, Cody. <laughs> Unsure what this is going on about. Looks over to what Vince threw over threw onto him. He sees it now. A gold spangly costume. It's what he always dreaded. What he always feared if he came back to WWE. They don't want him to be Cody, the American Nightmare. All they see him as is Stardust. End of part one. Oh, poor Cody. Who did he lose to? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> God, desperately trying to think of someone. <laughs> well, stop writing the stuff here! <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good first part, though. A good tease as to what's to come. Really taking the picture of how... Cody trying to get back into WWE. This picture is like when Homer tries to go back to the the plant and you have to crawl through the subsequent door. <laughs> oh, sorry, the supplicant door, whatever it was called. It's a Simpsons meme for everything. It really is. Simpsons meme for everything. <laughs> oh, Scott, do you want to go next? Tell us about your regular card. So, see, see, he's saying we haven't written it, but Nathan's making sure he goes last for a reason. Well, I just thought we would break it up because <laughs> Scott's is completely uh, different to to yours and mine. It sounds like. Well, I have more matches, but you know they're not exactly the regular matches. I've I've got the strategy of the actual invasion pay per view, where I'm basically not giving you the dream matches you thought you were going to get an invasion pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you want more than you know what you want. <laughs> Sounds like Fitz McMahon himself. <laughs> okay then, uh, let's go for the opening of the show. It's basically got the, got the typical video package: it's people walking in slow motion, metaphors about wars and all that shit. Like <laughs> Paris, everything. The ramp is very much like the invasion one from Jesus One. Because side note, I really like the way they did that set. No. Uh, we also have a, a cold open after the intro in the pyro where we have a group of WWE superstars, all you know, people, people representing WWE coming into the arena, but they all have to be stopped with something with a clipboard just to make sure that they still work there after all these mass releases. <laughs> and speaking of releases, you've heard of Feast Are Fired. Now we have the can or can match to kick us off. <laughs> it's basically a ladder match with two briefcases hanging above the ring. If you open one case and it says Tony Can, you get a title shot, any title you want. You've got a CW or WWE or Impact or whatever company in the world. If you open the one that says Nick Can, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> There's no qualifying for this match, by the way. It's basically just a free-for-all. You've got people from all different promotions, basically mostly undercard people, all trying to make sure they keep their jobs. I've got segments where you've got the Diamond Mind from NXT interacting with the Dark Order. Artrus, he luchasaurs and freaks out because he thinks he's an actual dinosaur. You've got people like Montez Ford and Ricochet doing their, their typical dives off the ladder to the outside. Pat McAfee's on commentary and he screams so much that he has to go backstage because he's lost his voice because Rick Boogs 
is climbing <laughs> up the ladder. <laughs> and he looks like he's going to grab one of the briefcases, but then out comes Brian Cage, the commentator from AEW, like, well, he's not been on TV in months. We were sure Tony Khan had already fired him. And he pushes Rick Biggs off the ladder to the outside. Brian Cage grabs one of the briefcases and walks up the ramp and waits for the match to be over so the other per- until the other person grabs the other case. It's mayhem. Everybody's down on the outside. Bodies are strewn everywhere until only one person remains. Standing in the ring, it's Orange Cassidy. He looks around the ring, sees all the bodies, nonchalantly shrugs his shoulders, and as slowly as he possibly can, wanders up the ladder and then grabs the second briefcase. It's like he, a typical Orange Cassidy fashion because he couldn't give a fuck. They both walk up the ramp. You've got Tony Schiavone there about to interview both guys. They're about to be, do the big unveiling of who got which briefcase. Brian Cage steals the microphone away from Tony Schiavone. He says, no one wants to hear for you, Schiavone. This is about me. I'm going to open my briefcase first because this is my opportunity to get back into tail contention and finally get back to where I should be after being left on the sideline for so long. Opens the case. He got the Nick Khan case. So Brian Cage has officially been fired from AEW. And then they open the other case for Cassidy. Obviously, it says Tony Couch means he gets a title opportunity. Being part of the best friends, they're all gathered around him. They're all jumping up and down. They're excited for him. And they ask, they ask Orange Cassidy, how do you feel? He stands there and does his little thumbs up to the camera. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's first match. I've got like seven or so matches. Do you want me to give you my second match before we move on to Nathan? Or what? I think the second one, yeah. Sure. We have what I'm describing as a digital media death match where we have Matt Cardona, the current Impact Wrestling digital media champion, against his old pal Dolph Ziggler, Nathan's favourite. I'm and just going to put my headphones down. Someone nudge me when he's finished this match. <laughs> I knew Nathan, if I really wanted to get him invested in this show, I had to get Dolph Ziggler involved. <laughs> Basically, uh, I say... I wrote this before Impact already booked Microdown to defend the title on what they call the dot combat match, which is basically internet related weapons are allowed as match. But mine is a bit more violent and Macrodo is like hyping up the fact that he's done his GCW stuff, he's the king of the death match and all that. You got bloody computer keyboards, you got massive old school like computers and everything all strewn around the ring. You got people getting involved from all sides, you got people from Zack Ryder's old uh, you got people from Macrono's old YouTube show and he was Zack Ryder getting involved, Bobby Dude's getting involved. Uh, Brian Myers comes in, grabs one of those YouTube flights, you get me a certain number of subscribers, smashes it over Bobby Dude's head. <laughs> and eventually Dolph Ziggler gets sets up all a bunch of keyboards all along the all broken up, you know, letters missing everywhere. And he goes to have a zigzag to Zack Ryder. I keep calling him Zack Ryder, but you know who I'm talking about. Give, give him a zigzag on them. He carries it. It's the Rough Raider or Radio Silence is now called onto the keyboards and Cardona retains the digital media championship. Really, I worked I worked I came up with the name of this, this match and worked backwards. <laughs> That's a good way to work. <laughs> so you decided yeah, you really, wanted a digital media death match or whatever and um and then promptly put the most boring people you could think of in it. Well I put the current digital media champion and the guy who's currently calling himself the Deathmatch King. And then I thought, who from WWE would be interested in seeing fight? Well, he's really best friends with Dolph Ziggler. And then most of the key spots for this really got stolen when Impact did a shittier version of this with him and Jordan Grace recently. Yeah, that match was really boring. Was that the one no, that I, I watched? Was... No, this was on the following Impact. They called it a dot combat match, which is basically the same thing. It's similar weapons to the ones I'm describing. 
Well, not the YouTube plug. I came up with that one. I like that one. <laughs> not to pat myself on the back or anything. <laughs> not to pat myself on the back, but I came up with one idea. <laughs> Some people use the price how much you can level of one idea. Speaking of one idea. <laughs> right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is the third draft of this story. And I can't press it up. I still I don't want everyone to turn off. But the first story I wrote is much better than this one. So tune in <laughs> to some point in the future where the you IOC that, give it back. Everyone, that's the sound of everyone pushing their expectations as far down as they could possibly go. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Time. It all it seemed like that's all we have time ticking by a lot of time john cena in his peacemaker getup sat silently on a park bench in fort abraham lincoln state park in north dakota he silently observed a young girl playing fetch with a small dog ugly fucking dog muttered the star of train wreck a lot had happened since john cena saved the universe from whatever it was there isn't time to go check and the author can't remember time was saved <laughs> and all was well if time is so fixed why the fuck is it in reverse John Cena screamed, smash cut to the opening credits. The Cena yarns to invasion. God fucking damn it. John Cena slammed his meaty fist onto his table. He was home now and it was a nice table. Cena was angry. He hadn't noticed time was in reverse. It it had been this entire time, but he was so busy filming Peacemaker. He hadn't noticed because for for Cena only time ran correctly for some reason. What do I do? I thought killing Khan would fix everything. Cena sat down on his sofa. It was a nice sofa and flicked on his TV. That was equally nice. And that's when he saw it. Coming up next, AEW Dynamite. Can Sting defeat Paul White? God damn it, it's 1996. John Cena couldn't be. He was trapped in 1990. Oh, wait, no. Really? Both of them on the roster? Okay, back to the story. It wasn't 1996. It was 2022. I really thought it was destroyed, but instead, AEW lives. It just wasn't popular enough for anyone to care about it. Cena stares directly at the camera, making that amazing wisecrack about ratings. The star of that firefighting movie I've not seen, but I've watched a preview on Netflix loads of times. <laughs> uh, he knew what he had to do. First, he charged his AirPods and took a shower. He ironed his best jorts, pumped up his best pair of Jordans, did 17 push-ups, put a sweatband on his biceps and went to the one place he knew he could get some answers. Chicago. And that's the end of part one. Cool. Yeah. So are, are you just going to mention every time you want to say John Cena, are you just going to just go through his entire filmography at this point? Carl, I think you're next. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I thought, I thought it was going to be an answer to, to what Scott was saying. So that's, there will yes, be. Remain in silence. Also, also that a, how specific you mentioned that location in North Dakota definitely did not sound like it was copy and pasted off a Wikipedia page somewhere. Uh, no, I just looked up national parks in North Dakota. As we all do. Yep. Well, I needed a place. I worked backwards. I decided I wanted a scene in North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> and then Googled places in North Dakota. <laughs> and, the, and the John Cena obsession continues. It's not an obsession. Um, he follows us on Twitter, so I'm presuming he's listening. <laughs> avid, avid listener, John Cena. So, Carl, you have a, a story or something? Yep. <laughs> Cody, Cody wakes up in a cold sweat. He, he looks round, puts his hand out, feels for the Stardust costume. It's not there. Thank God. He's in bed. It was all a terrible dream. He, he wasn't in WWE. He wasn't having to be 
Stardust after all. But that being but that being said, he still had an important meeting to get to today. This could all scarily become a reality if he's not careful. He has to make a good impression with his last ditch meeting with Tony Khan. Hours later, Cody and Brandy walk into Tony Khan's office and are greeted by Big Tone's trademark <laughs> cheesy smile after some back and forth on the negotiating table. Tony finally tells Cody how it really is. Look, Cody, I appreciate everything you did. You bucked all in. Yeah, you know, you gave me the the sort of thing to come in and build the promotion, AEW, you know, around your idea, around your blood, grit and determination. But at the end of the day, it's my money and I'll do what I want. With my money. You're not my favourite toy anymore, Cody. CM Punk is. And I'm giving him all of my Cody whimpers. But but Tony, I, I thought you loved me. Isn't there anything you can do? Tell you what. Tell you what. You know, because I'm, I'm the actual nice guy. Not like him over there in Stanford, Connecticut. So I'll give you a chance. If you can be my new favourite CM Punk in a contract in a suitcase ladder match, I'll pay you what you think you deserve. Cody says, okay, you're on. I can be that chip magnet punk any day of the week. And then we get into the match. <clears throat> CM Punk, this is Cody Rhodes contract on the ladder match basically Cody comes out to his normal fanfare to a mixed reaction they're saying that admittedly more booze and cheers CM Punk enters the arena it's a huge pop desperate knowing his career hangs in the balance Cody jumps Punk before the match officially starts nailing Punk with a series of kicks and closed fists Rhodes follows up with a vertical suplex and a DDT before deciding Punk is prone enough for him to go out and grab a ladder. Cody grabs the ladder and slides it into the ring, but a recovered Punk executes a baseball slide, slamming the ladder into Cody's chest and knocking him onto the floor. Outside the ring, Punk lays into Cody, slamming him into the barrier and beating him down, good and proper, god damn it. Busted open. Cody catches Punk in a crossroads. And I've copied my own writing here. That's a great start, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Me and my shit. I should use a computer like every normal bloody person, but no, I'll be clever and I'll handwrite it. And then <laughs> as I write, the longer I write, the more bored I get and the crappier the handwriting gets. <laughs> I'll just say, both men are prone on the outside and nobody can move for a good while. (laughs) (laughs) And they're both counted out. (laughs) End of match. Everyone can go home now. Yeah. Oh, turns out there was no winner. (laughs) That's that's not this. That's the next match. You're ruining everything. (laughs) 
<laughs> Carl, we can help happily promise you to go find your reading glasses that you clearly need to read your own handwriting. <laughs> I've got my reading glasses on, bizarrely. Right, so, anyway, Cody manages to get into the ring and sets up the ladder. We'll just skip a bit, because I can't read it. (laughs) 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 He begins to make his way slowly up the ladder, rung by rung, but punk. He recovers, and he nails Cody with stiff elbows to the back, softening him up before dropping him onto his shoulder and executing a perfect go-to-sleep. Cody's done. He's out for the count. And now Punk ascends the ladder as he reaches the top. Cody stirs. He reaches out a weak hand, but it's to no avail. He hasn't got the strength left to prevent Punk from reaching the top of the ladder and grabbing the suitcase and grabbing the contract. Cody now will not be able to get the money he thinks he so rightly deserves. Where will he go? End of part two. Or what dun, I could read. Dun, or what dun. I could. Or what I could read of it. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a director's cut. The <laughs> <laughs> Snyder cut of this. <laughs> it's just the same, but it's in black and white. Yeah, I have to read it in black and white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. So. I guess I'm right. next then. Yep. Yes. Yeah. At least we all know what we're doing somewhat. <laughs> we go we go backstage to the medical room where Pat Magley's been checked out. He still can't, you know, he still lost his voice. And then he sees a referee somewhere in the corner of the the room. And he sees walking by is the current 24-7 champion, Reginald. I assume whenever this is coming out that he's still a 24-7 champion. You never really know with that title. But... We see Reginald walking back and he's trying to alert the referee so he can maybe try and pin Reginald for the title. But of course, he's still lost his voice. He can't really articulate what he wants to the referee. He's trying, he shoves the referee, like he's trying to get his attention, ends up shoving the referee out of the room. When who should swing in at that moment? On an obvious zip wire, who we all, we all pretend not to see, it's Nikki ASH, the superhero, who unleashes a series of strikes on Reginald, each one accompanied with a typical Batman 60s pow or wham. <laughs> she Dexter likes that. Uh, she pins Reginald. Nikki ASH is now the new 24-7 champion. Ah, my next match. I'm really happy with this one. We have Dan Housen. Well, this is a match he said was going to happen. Everybody does, nobody believes him. Dan Housen is going to take on The Undertaker. Because Dan Housen, he claims that he at one point retired The Undertaker at WrestleMania, but nobody believes him. So he says, okay, I will bring The Undertaker back out of retirement so I can retire him again. <laughs> uh, we're introduced to special guest ring announcer for this match, Teddy Long, who basically says, tonight, a man who's very nice, very evil, he's going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. And then out comes Dan Housen. Everybody loves Dan Housen. Comes out, he's staring the Undertaker come down. It's just a long pause. Everybody's no even the Condor say like Undertaker's not clear. Undertaker's retired. The gong goes off, obviously a big pop, and even the Condor's like, oh, oh, maybe that match is gonna happen. But who should saunter his way down to the ring very slowly? But Brian Lee, aka the fake Undertaker, <laughs> <Turn up laughs> and the old school Undertaker <laughs> with the purple gloves and everything. 
don't know if you want to keep this in, but uh, I did, when I came up with this idea, I did have to do a quick Google to make sure Brian Lee was still alive here. That was going to be my question. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just sat there, I was like, shit, isn't he dead? <laughs> no, because I know he was in DOA, like Chris was leader. I know Chris is no longer with us. I wasn't sure if Brian Lee was still alive. But he is still alive. Anyway, the fact there isn't a lot of uh, what you'd call high spots in this match. Dan Housen goes under the ring to, to reduce an urn from the front of the ring to try and you know subdue the Undertaker, get him to lie down on the canvas so he can pin him. But I think but as soon as he goes for the pin, the fake Undertaker grabs him by the throat. It looks like he's going to give him a choke slam. And then the lights go out again. And the old, a familiar organ starts to play. And we all think Kane's coming out. It just happens to be Luke Gallows dressed up as Kane from back in the <laughs> Kane days. He, he attacks both guys. Steve Blackman comes out to a mild pop, which Steve Blackman deserves, because apparently Steve Blackman, according to certain people on this podcast network, is better than Kane. I still don't agree. But Steve Blackman's got nunchucks. He chases fake Kane, aka Doc Gallows, away. Dan Housen does the lightest choke slam you've ever seen in your life, and somehow he manages to pin Brian Lee, even does a cross-arm pin, everybody pops, and then all of a sudden, a very familiar, uh, oh, here's a motorbike revving, uh, and all of a sudden, the, the real Undertaker comes out, tries to run over Danhausen, Danhausen tries to pay off the Undertaker, who just delivers a tombstone, and then rides off on his bike again. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, very evil segment. I've got a couple of backstage segments here while I read out before we move on. <laughs> I originally had a couple of these balconies onto one thing, but just imagine it's happening throughout the night. Basically, Cody Rhodes keeps going to the WWE and AEW locker rooms, insisting that he's on either team, even though he's no he's not employed by either company. And at this point, nobody wants him to be on their team. Like Cody, you don't work here. Like we don't want you on the team. Also, nobody likes Brandy. Really? Since when? Well, everybody knows that. Don't you read Reddit? Because, you know, they, do. they like the end jokes. Uh, somewhere, Nikki Ash is trying to get back to her secret superhero lair when she's stopped by a young fan who wants an autograph. She obviously obliges. It turns out it's Negative One, a.k.a. Brody Lee's son, who's just distracting her so that John Silver of the Dark Order can roll up Nikki and win the 24-7 time. God damn it. That just sounds like a good show. It does. I want to watch this. Yeah. Make it, ha- make <laughs> it happen. Funny segment. Yeah. It's a whole match of people pretending to be other people. It's like one of those UK tribute shows they used to have back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just want to say, over the course of us doing these fantasy booking shows, we've done more for the 24-7 title than WWE ever has. <laughs> it's still to this day, they've not picked a show where throughout the night there's 24-7 title changes. <laughs> So, last we left off John Cena, he was heading to Chicago. Uh, So, 13 hours and five minutes later, John Cena arrived in Chicago. He knew where to go. He headed straight to Lou Malnati's pizzeria. As he walked in, all the regulars turned around, cheese dripping from one guy's face. Where's Chick Magnet? John Cena said to CM Punk, but he didn't recognize him. Punk, stroking his knee in a way that you could describe as sexual, went on a long spiel about how time was reversed. Cena did appear to be paying attention, but he's mostly wondering why this guy's face is so goddamn familiar. So, we doing this, yeah? Said the star of that random horror movie I've not seen. What? Oh yeah, sure, whatever. Cena had no idea what he had just agreed to, and honestly, neither do I. See you and your team at 8.30. First bells at 9. 
Punk vanished into thin air, or so we thought Cena had actually just turned around and started pondering his team. Time suddenly cracked and Cena was sucked into a weird void. Live from an arena in Chicago, it's WWE Invasion. Special guest referees for the evening, it's the cast of Step Up 3D. Match one, <laughs> Ruby Riot, and I don't know what Ruby Riot's AEW name is, sorry. And Taya Conte versus Carmella and Zelina, who are apparently a team. I didn't write any detail for the matches, so I'm just going to say Carmella and Zelina win. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, that sounds fair. Oh, cool. You you care as much as I do. (laughs) Match two, Sting and Darby Allen versus Goldberg and that kid who won the tag titles with Braun. (laughs) (laughs) I've got Goldberg on that one, guys. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. Match three, Cesaro versus Adam Page, but it's just them flexing for six minutes. No winner was declared. Cena, <laughs> Cena, it's your go. Who, who do you want to play as? An e-gamer kid jolted a daydreaming John Cena. Can you believe this creation, sweet man? 2K really nailed it, said a gamer girl. John Cena stood up abruptly. Where am I? Dude, chill, gamer kid three said as he gulped down a Mountain Dew. No, no, what on earth it is? Where's Punk? Cena angrily said as Gamer Girl 2's mum announced that their tater tots are ready. Bruh, like we've made CM Punk's, even his AEW return gear, Gamer Boy 1 said in a way that made that seem like some sort of achievement. Cena looked at the screen of WWE 2K20. He saw Punk. Oh kids, your tater tots are done, shouted Gamer Mum. I don't care about your tots. Cena stormed into the kitchen only to be met by a green mist from Tajiri dressed as a woman. End of part two. Ooh. <laughs> First off, the 13 hours and 5 minutes is really specific. I Google uh, it. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Also, I don't remember Cena being in a horror film. Uh, no, CM Punk was in a horror film. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, so you forgot like, about it as well? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I just assumed you were talking about Cena. It rules, but uh, sorry. You really clinched it at the end there with the appearance of TJ there. I like that. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm trying to build a world. <laughs> the world you have built. Carl, back to you. Okay. So, fast forward a week, and Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes are both sat inside Vince's, um, Vince McMahon's office. Cody looks nervously at the T-Rex skull on the wall, and even more nervously at Vince McMahon. Look, pal! Vince starts. I'm going to let you into a little secret. Me and Tony, we're really BFFs. You see, I let Tony build his own wrestling organisation because we just like watching the fans go at it. We like watching them argue on Twitter about who's the best wrestling um, organisation and watching them cry and moan about each other. It's what feeds us and gives us life. So. <laughs> I can imagine Vince was also jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the oh. yeah, I've got an image of him now, like licking somebody's tears, like Cartman did in that one episode so far. <laughs> uh, I I see comments of bemused Cody, not really seeing anything at all. But there we go. You see, Vince laughs. We are the masters, people like me and Tony Khan, us billionaires, everyone else, 
We're just puppets for us to pull the strings and control a new Cody. You're also a puppet. I see, said Cody. Again, not seeing. But what about but what about my potential employment here? Are you gonna give me a give me a job or not? And smirks. He says, you, you can potentially work here again, but you're going to have to do one thing, and that is tag with your wife, Brandy, and take on Stephanie McMahon, my daughter, and, and now Claire Triple H, because in this world, his it, it, heart condition is all, all right now. In a mixed tag team match, and you win that match, I'll, I might. I might just rehire you. God damn it, Cody says. <laughs> Not Triple H. I really so, feel like I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Triple That's, H is a heart condition. Oh, sorry. I thought you were done. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can't. How many parts have you got? Uh, I've got. I can do up till my main event, and then I can do my main event later on. I've probably got I'm two more bits I could split mine into. Okay, I'll do another match then because I'm just I'm wondering. I don't want to do. I don't want to get leave myself with no no parts if you two have got those left. But uh, right, I'll I'll go into the next bit. See how professional we are, listeners. <laughs> I just want to say you seem to be getting frustrated when we kept rearranging this, and yet so I assume you'd be the most prepared out of all of us. <laughs> I also thought that, Carl. <laughs> I, I'm prepared. We we never we, we should have just perhaps discussed off there how many parts let, let, let's, we let's, had. Let's let's hear your next match. Let's, let's not live in the past of who would and should have could have done things. Yeah, you leave time alone. Time is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Cody and Brandy are already in the ring. They got the jobbers entrance, and they await. The arrival of their opponents, the music hits. It's time to play the game. Triple H and Stephanie ride down to the ring on one of those choppers that they had at one of the WrestleManias, which I can't remember and can't be asked to look up. (laughs) All four four wrestlers stand in the ring. Cody and Trips, nose to nose, snarling at one another. Brandy slaps the taste out of Stephanie's mouth. Cody pushes trips. Then Madness assumes as all four competitors go at it, fighting. Hammers and tongues, fists, kicks, flying. And the match hasn't even officially got underway yet. But the referees run into the ring, trying to separate Triple H and Cody and Stephanie and Brandy. But to no avail, they just end up getting battered as well. Steph getting the upper hand in a battle with Brandy Rhodes, grabs a chair and cracks it against Brandy's spine, battering Brandy to the floor. Brandy lies on the floor, writhing in pain, but Stephanie's not done. She starts working on Brandy's legs while screaming, How, how could you? How, who do you think you are? Thinking... You could act like women wrestling was your thing in AEW. But, you know, I invented women's wrestling. I invented women, <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> Meanwhile, Triple H, still pissed at Cody Bill, the broken mock throne. 
He knows what that was about. Having <laughs> care of his own. Hits Cody in a pedigree and smashes Cody's face onto the chair. He, he rolls Cody onto his back, makes a cover. There's no ref, but Stephanie rolls into the ring and counts one, two, three. She raises Triple's ha- Triple H's hand in victory. But the match was the but the match never officially got underway, and a victory doesn't count. So does Cody and Brandy still have a chance to rescue their careers? Tune in, same back time, same back <laughs> channel to find out. I like that you went all through that, then at the end you were like, but the match never actually started. <laughs> oh. Poor Cody. Does no one want Cody? No. He's, oh, okay. he's a twat. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. Although, a similar theme we do have, me and Carl, like, uh, so far it looks like he's not even booked Cody, whereas we, we both have storylines that involve nobody wanting anything to do with him. I don't think I've mentioned Cody in this entire thing. <laughs> no. Oh, there we go. There we are. Scott, how, uh, explain how Cody sucks in your next part. Uh, I'm coming in until the main event, but I'll, I'll do it up until my main event. I've only got a couple more before the main event. Next up, we've got what I'm crying as an arm for an arm for an arm match. <laughs> we've got <laughs> Becky Lynch versus Britt Baker versus Dion Perazzo. Basically, the only way you win is if you break someone's arm. <laughs> <Jesus>. Like <laughs> visibly? How no, are they checking well, that? You'll find out. <laughs> Basically, the match gets underway. And, you know, it's basically, these are three of the best women's wrestlers in the world. So, honestly, it's as good as you'd think it would be. But just as it's getting started, Charlotte comes out with a microphone and just starts getting a promo all the while this match is just still going on. The wrestlers are not even acknowledging Charlotte. She's just talking about why she's not in this match. And she's annoyed that she's not booked. She's the queen, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she eventually gets to ringside where Becky has this armor locked in on Deonna. And eventually she says, ah, and that's to this. Let's go of the disarmor, even though she probably was close to breaking her arm, and just dives out of the ring and boots Charlotte right in the face just to shut her up. Uh, eventually I had, well, please edit this bit out. <laughs> I want to seem professional somewhat. <laughs> and I know right, now that I've right, asked dude. you to edit it out, you're going to probably leave it. <laughs> I was thinking about this next spot, and I forgot I wrote this down. I thought, I don't know if I can get away with this. But basically, to remind you, Britt's also a dentist. She sneaks up behind Becky with something. It turns out it's that it's one of those masks to give you with that oxygen stuff that basically puts you to sleep. So basically, she takes Becky out by putting her asleep, and then she thinks that Deanna's all prone. But really, this is just giving her time to gives her time to recover. She gets Britt down in her frigidaire armbar. She does. She runs into the two arm version, which is called the Vias de Milo, and then you can, and then they play. The most comical arm break sound effect. It basically symbolizes Brit, one of Brit's arms is broken. The other Perazzo wins. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Anyway, backstage, we have John Silver basically posing and admiring himself with the 24 7 title around his waist in the mirror. Uh, so while he's looking in the mirror, Jake Cargo just towers over him from behind. And he just looks at her. Basically, he starts just talking about how great it is to be 24-7 champion. And she just 
picks him up, slams him, and just pins him with one foot line on because she's Jade Cargo and she's massive. And Jade Cargo becomes the 24-7 champion. Uh, the other Dark Order members come back from getting food because they were going to celebrate his wedding there, which is like, what happened to the title? Uh, yeah, we have a multi-man tag match. We've got three teams from AEW, and we're meant to have three from WWE. We really have two because the third team in the match was going to be MSK, but they got too high before the match. So they cannot officially compete. <laughs> we have the Usos versus Dolce Bros, the FTR, the Young Bucks, be a team that is basically a team. My, one of my partner's injured, and my partner technically doesn't isn't contracted anywhere. So we're being thrown together because how? Because we'd be wacky. Maso Champa and Matt Riddle are the final team. <laughs> so Nathan knows. I know you've not been watching. This isn't an actual team in real life. I just thought it would be funny if they were. Bro, oh, that's, that's fine. I'm not gonna <clears throat> live and die by your story. Be like, I understand wrestling now. <laughs> Everyone hates Cody. And one of them's a dentist. <laughs> one of them's a dentist. Yeah, this is basically yeah, another spot fest. All the tag teams, everything. Uh, Champa has a moment with FTR, basically that. Remember this match from five years ago when NXT was good? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you so eventually get a thing with the Young Bucks, because obviously that would make the crowd pop. Uh, Paul Heyman comes out to try and distract uh, the Unbucks. Then Brandon Cutler comes out, starts winging his camera that he's filming BTE stuff for because Brandon Cutler has to be out there for some reason. Uh, Paul, Paul Heyman just kicks Brandon Cutler in the dick and he goes down. The Unbucks super kick. Uh, the Unbucks super kick Paul Heyman, but then that allows, the, that allows them to be super kicked by the Usos, who then gets super kicked by FTR, which nobody's imagined, which then gets then super kicked by. Butcher Brothers, because everybody's super kicking people, and then Butcher Brothers in the ring, Matt Riddle just knees Penta right in the face, uh, and then it's the version of the go to sleep people chant CM Punk because Marks, Champ uh, and Riddle win. I didn't, I wasn't really sure what way to go with this one. Uh, I think he went in a good direction. Mm. Backstage, we have Jade Cargill wandering with our manager smart mark sterling basically bragging with that now she's tbs champion and 24 7 champion she's got two belts and she comes up a weird sign it just says pat mcafee productions presents women getting hit by football she doesn't know what it means all of a sudden she gets hit in the head with a football because pat mcafee was a football player <laughs> pat mcafee sneaks up behind jay cargill and pins her for the 24 7 championship he's still not got his voice back so he very silently celebrates for turning around to a boot and gets pinned by almost who's like seven foot tall and almost ends the night as 24-7 champion. Uh, and before we get to the main event, the last match I have before the main event is one of the only matches I thought, oh, this would actually be nice if it was on a legit invasion card and not whatever wacky stuff I've put together. I've got Roman Reigns taking on John Moxley. I thought there could be some good oh. stuff storyline-wise in there. Roman Reigns wins because Roman Reigns beats everybody, it seems. Damn right. Damn right. Believe Please. that. Please. But uh, he does he does end up uh, after he does a spear through the off the even through a table. So at least you know, the fans get their violence back because John Moxley, you know, does likes doing death matches. That would just be a good match. It, it would be a good match. Some mm. days you need to throw in that would just be a good match yeah. amongst matches for contracts where you'll get fired. Yeah, not everything has to be a joke. Yeah, yeah. You'd be serious for a moment. <laughs> 
Oh, so last we left John Cena, he had just been green misted by Tajiri in a dress. Or not Tajiri in a dress, Tajiri dressed as a woman. Uh, John Cena awoke aboard a train. It was a nice train. Some sort of future train. You know, just imagine the Hunger Games train. Also, a Cena train? Is wearing a seat. <laughs> no, not a hoe train. Just a nice train. Oh. <laughs> also, John is now wearing a suit. You know, John said a familiar voice. I thought I could beat time. Like, Father Time was my bitch. Cena looked at the wrinkled, tired, old-looking face of Vince McMahon. Cena immediately stood up and saluted. His suit was now army fatigues. Vince, now with an old man boner, gestured for the star of blockers to sit down. Sir, what happened to you? Cena leant forward from his seat and grabbed Vince's old hand, but his hand went through the genetic jackhammer's hand. John, my love, I don't have long. Or time to explain the plot. But only you can save time and wrestling. You see, wrestling is timeless, especially with Saudi money bringing back all these old people. But Khan, Khan is dead. I saw it. Cena proudly said as he flexed. You didn't kill Khan. You merely delayed him. Vince started to drift away. John, you need to assemble them. You need to bring them together. Only you and wrestling's Mount Rushmore can defeat them. Go to him. Go to Jinder. He knows what to do. <laughs> Vince disappeared. The train pulled into a station. John struggled to read the sign, but it said Calgary. Ticket, please, said a ticket officer. Cena, now with one of those giant name tags things that kids had during World War II. Oh, I see. You're him. The ticket officer looked up. It was Carrie Ann Moss from the Matrix movies. I've got him. I've got the one, she said into a microphone on her wrist. Cena. <laughs> Suddenly jolted and screamed, he was pulled into broken time again. Next match, Kenny Omega versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Who do you guys think will win? I reckon Omega. Yeah. Is Shinsuke not good anymore? He's shy. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I like him still, but, you know, it's Kenny Omega, so I assumed he would win. Oh, okay. Next match, Omos versus Wardlow. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, Omos because he's seven foot tall. You can't teach that. You can't. <laughs> Next match, Sasha Banks versus Britt Baker. Uh, I mean, when it comes to wrestling, Sasha's miles better than Baker. but It doesn't matter because time began to crack again. Set up 3D through, broke into a sick dance routine. And that's the end of the next part. Cool, cool. Okay. Was, so, I was not prepared. So. I was not prepared when you started mentioning Kay Omega and Shinsuke. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Nathan's actually got matches here. Yeah. I think I think I'd forgotten in the same as your last, but you had some matches. I've had six matches so far. Even more than me. I've only had two. <laughs> right. Back to, back to Roads to Redemption. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> okay, okay, Vince says. So that, that match, that last match was a bust. Double DQ. We won't count it. You've still got a chance to win your job back here in WWE. I'll give you both another chance. Okay, so Brandy, you're going to have to wrestle and defeat Charlotte Flair. But but Brandy chirps up. I'm I'm injured. Steph's attack on my leg. You know, I'm, they, they put me out for months. I'm not going to be able to compete. Okay, Vincent, scrap that. You can you can select. A substitute, a stand-in, anyone you want from any promotion, they can come in and take your place. 
That's fine. Okay, Brandy says, I know, I know just the person that I can hire to take on Charlotte Flair. And that's for you, Cody. You're going to have to fight a triple threat match against Roman Reigns and a competitor of my BFF, Tony Khan's choosing, who you won't know until the night. Okay, Cody says, I'm ready. This time, this time I am ready. I'll win. I'll get my job back. You'll see, damn it. First up, Charlotte Flair versus Brandy Rhodes' replacement. I've got this on another piece of I've got this on another piece of paper, so I need to find it. So I'm just gonna babble while I try and find the bit where I've got this bit of a match written down. <laughs> why, why, why don't we looking for it? Ethan White try and hazard a wild guess to do mate, see. Don't think it's gonna be Victoria. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it was. Hmm. Well, who who do you think it is? Is it Ember Moon? Nope. Uh, Am I close? Nope. Uh, Luna Vachon. Damn it! No. <laughs> You're the ghost of Luna Vachon. <laughs> Scott's, Scott's already mentioned her. It's it's Jay Chargill versus Charlotte Flair by Brandy Rhodes' job. God, I don't even know who that is. Jay Chargill, the one who I said beat up John Silver when the 24-17 and got hit by a football. Oh, yeah, that clears it up. She's um, got... Blonde hair is quite fit actually, quite muscular. Yes. <laughs> that really narrows <laughs> it down. <laughs> so it could be fucking... Stratus. <laughs> Just put Jay Jargill in bloody Google. I can't, I'm professional. I don't Google things during the podcast. No, of course you don't. <laughs> I'll Google it for you and do your picture and to put your picture in the group chat. Why not? Anyway, these two queens, they have a match. They obviously. I mean, I had all this stuff written down, but you two haven't really gone into that deep into the wrestling. So I've lost the will to go too deep into it now. So we'll skip to near the end where Charlotte Flair nails Charville with a natural selection. But she doesn't go for that pin. Instead, she interwines Jay's legs into a figure four and then puts on a figure eight, a move nobody can escape from a move where everybody who gets put in it is doomed doomed i tell you and jade is in the middle of the ring she's in serious trouble she's got nowhere to go she screams in pain but refuses to give up charlotte keeps the move, keeps the hold on until jade can take no more and passes out through the pain but Brandy Rhodes hangs her head. She's she's done for. A substitute failed to win, and she will not be able to compete in WWE. Okay, so my next match will be my main event. Ooh. Do I do your main event? I've only got mains left. I don't know how much Nathan's got left. I could do my final. I've got my final part, so I think we're all there. So shall I do my main event now, then? Go for it. Rightio. I've got to flip back now. Fuck. See, because I, I wrote, I rewrote it, but I couldn't be asked to rewrote, rewrite everything. So I left bits on different I was about to say, pages. do you read books by going from like page one to 40 <laughs> to 12 to 98? Read? <laughs> read? Read? <laughs> read? <laughs> read? Let's just read, you speak up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have 
do you want to have a guess who um, the third man might be in this Cody Rhodes versus um, Roman Reigns versus mystery opponent from a threat match? The Pentacle. No. Dean Ambrose. No. Oh, not Dean, John Moxley. Sorry, Dean. <laughs> no. But Cody and Roman, they are already in Riding. the ring. And no. Oh. And the and we hear the coin drop. Yes, it's a Carter himself. He's Ooh. Tony Khan's hand-picked competitor with his big three-way triple mat fret match. I'm that excited. I can't even get my words out right. All three men, they go at it straight from the bell, laying in the punches and the elbows. It's not long before... Roman and Ukada, the alpha males, the dominance of the match, team up on Cody and oof him out the ring before going at it against each other to determine who is the best, who really is the tribal chief of wrestling, Kakucha Okada or Roman flipping rain. They go at it, hammer and tongs. Carter nailing Roman with one of his trademark drop kicks. Roman fighting back with a Superman punch. He makes the cover, but no, it's broken up by Cody Rhodes. And then Cody and Roman, they go at it. Cody determined to win this match to get his job back. He na- he, na- he managed to nail Roman with a crossroads. Could it be over? Could this be it? No. <laughs> Akada, he breaks up the pen again. He beats down Cody and throws him out the ring like a piece of trash. He thinks Cody Rhodes is. It's Roman he wants. He picks up Roman and nails him with a tombstone power driver, which I'm pretty sure Akada, which I'm pretty sure Akada does do. But correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, he I'm gets. sure he could do it. He makes a cover. Roma, well, but Roman just manages to get a shoulder up because he's Roman Reigns and no one can beat him. Damn it. Cody hits the ring again. He tries to put Okada into her crossroads, but Okada, he manages to counter and reverse it. And it's a rainmaker. <laughs> he, he makes a cover. One, two, three. Roman was unable to get there quick enough. Okada wins a match. He is the champion of champions. The best of all promotions. In this storyline, anyway. And that is that. And Okada walks out of the ring, but Roman, Roman is furious. He didn't lose the match. Cody lost the match. And he begins beating on Cody, screaming at him, acknowledge me! <laughs> Poor Cody. I <laughs> feel bad for him. I am too. I've been a bit busy. And the dream finally becomes a reality as Cody lies in the middle of the ring, beaten and bloodied as Vince McMahon walks over to him with a stardust costume and a contract for NXT 2.0. Oh, Cody, oh. where did it all go so wrong? 
Full circle. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's no, all, all right. There's a whole, there is a whole epilogue where he wins the NXT Championship of Brombrecker, buys Chelsea of Roman Abravanich so he can use them to beat Fulham into oblivion in the Premier League. But you know, we, we won't go into that now. <laughs> yeah, I've got a bet coming up for the event, which I thought was slightly, you know, mean for Cody. And then you just proceeded to just dump <laughs> piles and piles of shit on me. I kind of want to write Cody into mine and have him do something nice. <laughs> like, just see him having a good day. I'm sure he's listened to us somewhere and a single tear just rolling down his cheek right now. Hopefully. I mean, you think that's hard? I never got to the bit where he's made to Sam blast that awful tattoo off his <laughs> Yeah, if you ever feel bad for Cody, just remember that bloody tattoo. <laughs> Oh, Scott, how do you bully Cody? Well, I don't really compare to that. <laughs> so going into it, we've got our 5 on 5 team AWB team WWE match. Cody insists he's on at least one of these teams, even though he clearly isn't. Uh, obviously, there's been no scoring during the night, but they all decided this is what it comes down to. Whoever wins this match is definitively the top promotion. If WWE wins, they can make documentaries for years to come about how shit AEW was and how superior they always were, like they did to WCW. And, of course, it's a blood and guts match, basically war games. Team WB, Team AEW. And before the match starts, we have William Eagle wander onto the stage. There's a crowd, all pop off, they see Eagle, he slightly pauses and takes the microphone to his mouth and says, Oh, guys! He's very popular until somebody, a Satan, has to whisper in his ear. Oh, I'm sorry. Blood and guts! <laughs> uh, the first member of Team Dewey wanders to the right and Seth Rollins coming out in I assume some over the top vibrant uh, uh, outfit cackling his whole way to the ring and he's standing there waiting to see who the first member of Team AEW is that comes out and who do AEW send? They send Hook Hook starts the match for Team AEW to go up against Seth Rollins Seth just starts cackling, but Hook just starts suplexing Seth all around the ring. I should mention, just as he, Hook comes out, uh, Corey Graves and Michael Cole, the ones on commentary, but then Taz just seats up, chokes out Corey Graves and decides he's going to sit commentary to watch his son uh, in the match. Has he even got a pirate costume on this time? Sadly, no. <sighs> I'm sorry, we can't all have a perfect booking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next time, next time. But you know, in the minds of many people, Derby will be the bad guy. So the bad guys always have the advantage in this match. So Team Derby has the advantage. Uh, the rest of Team Derby consists of Sheamus, Biggie, Kevin Owens, and Drew McIntyre. Whereas the rest of Team uh, AEW will be Darby Allen, Hangman Page, Jungle Boy, and Adam Cole. It gets down to the final, like all five guys meet Team around there. They've been slowly introducing weapons. It's starting to get very violent at this point. At which point, all the pyro in the world goes off as Cody Rhodes' music players into the arena. <laughs> as a commentator, it's for the reality. He is not in this match. Cody's got this big pro-America shirt. He rips off like he thinks he's Hulk Hogan. He scales the cage where a group of guys have all gathered to the ring. And he looks like he's going to do a big, spectacular dive. But who's he going to jump on? Is it Team AEW? Is he going to do a dive on Team WWE? He does the dive. He leaps off the cage. And everybody, at the same time, Move out of the way, and Cody just falls flat <laughs> on his face. Oh yeah, that's so much better than me. Flies flat on his face, 
and just lies there while everyone else continues to wrestle the match around him. <laughs> they just leave him in the middle of the ring. <laughs> you know, you got all sorts of ways. Everybody's getting a chance to hit their finishers. You know, Hangman's going for a buckshot again, caught in a stunner. Drew goes for the Claymore, they move out of the way, and then Darby Allen leaps off the top with a coffin drop. And then it comes down to the first, but everybody's down except for Seamus and Hook. <laughs> Seamus is setting up for the broad kick. Hook moves out of the way, catches him in a Tazplex, and he's slowly but surely crawling and crawling to cover. He could get the win for Team AEW, he could win it all. And this referee's about to get down for the pin. The pay per view fades to black. As as a narrator saying suspiciously like Kelsey Grammer said <laughs> and so God the battle between promotions came to an end and it was won by oh let's say Mo <laughs> <laughs> and that's my invasion it's a good invasion I'd watch that show I would provided I'd, I'd have to know what happened before it <clears throat> to watch it but oh no i think it really stands on its own you don't need to know anything going in no <laughs> like we like we three did into this podcast all you need to know is that nobody likes cody but yeah <laughs> cody got slightly embarrassed uh by falling flat on his face whereas you had him constantly lose and lose and can get given <laughs> a position that he doesn't like i'm just preparing him for what happens when he goes back to wwe <laughs> Oh. We did joke about Carl Disney one, but mine seemed to be with the meta references a bit in there. Mine was the Simpsons presents the invasion. <laughs> oh. So, uh, last we left John Cena, he was uh, he'd just been sucked back through back through time into his weird time void, and the Step Up 3D crew had broken into a dance routine. <clears throat> Cena awoke from his trance on a couch surrounded by Mount Rushmore. Carrie-Anne Moss, Jinder Mahal, Steve Austin, Arnold Schwarzenegger from the set of Last Action Hero, and Hugh Jackman from Swordfish. You scared us a little bit there, mate, said 2001 Hugh Jackman. I need them. I need Mount Rushmore, Cena tried to sit up. Whoa, whoa, big guy, Carrie-Anne Moss held Cena down. We are all nearly here, said Steve Austin. We just need to find her, Jinder Mahal popped up and said. Cena's seizure started again as time broke once more. And these are my last three matches. Chris Jericho, MJF and Adam Cole versus Asuka, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That'd be a pretty <laughs> good match. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the sound of that. Thank you. Please yes, let Asuka's yes, team yes, win. On. Yeah, please let her talk out Jericho. God, that would be, that'd be awesome. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I might even watch that. <laughs> uh, that match was followed by Shayna Baszler versus the only for AEW woman I could think of, Riho. Is she <laughs> still there? If Baszler's not winning that, I'm, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> and then my main event uh, is Roman Reigns versus CM Punk. Good main event. That's a good main event. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of any other people. That's <laughs> 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 CM Punk. <laughs> After the main event, Cena awoke from his trance one more. He could hear the sound of Journeys Still They Ride playing uh, loudly out as gunfire was heard outside. All of Mount Rushmore rushed to the window and they could see being chased by MJF in a chopper riding a sick motorcycle was her, the last member of Mount Rushmore. Scott, do you know who it is? Uh, is it Lucy Evans? 
Carl, who is it? Jessica Bale. No. Come on, guys. It's Sigourney Weaver. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> of course it is. She span round on her bike and shot out one of the helicopter's motors with a revolver. MGF was left with no choice but to back off. Cena ran outside. Sigourney, seeing John, ran towards him. The two embraced as literal electricity sparked between them. This time, we kill him, the star of Aliens said, firmly to our champion. They both looked dead into the camera. Mount Rushmore will return. Well, those were three wildly different things, weren't they? Just a bit. That's what you want, though, isn't it? That's why we're here. John Cena's back. He never went away, bitches. (laughs) No. If anything, he's more relevant than last time I did this. True, true. He's a big star now. You know, he's Peacemaker. Scott, whose show would you prefer to buy on pay-per-view? Because we did pitch this as pay-per-views. So which no. one are you spending twenty four ninety nine on? Mine's a premium live event, god damn it. The hell is a premium live event? That's what WWE are calling their pay-per-views now. <laughs> Don't know what a premium live event is. I guess they aren't technically pay-per-views anymore, because they just do them on streaming, don't they? Well, you just have to pay for your ADW one, so don't you? We're okay. Yeah. Would, would you, no matter what paywall it's behind, whatever way you want to phrase it, whose show would you pay twenty four ninety nine to watch? Probably Scott's if I if I had the choice. I think mine would depend on if I had the money spare to to buy the pay per view. It would depend on what I want to show with you know madness with John Cena and really good matches on it, or just how much do I dislike Cody Rhodes? Twenty four ninety nine to watch a man get bullied. Okay, bullied. He's trying to trying and failing to win his job back. I think uh, I think I may just go, I think I might go with you as Nathan. Oh, thanks, man. I think you'd be really disappointed if you sat down to watch a wrestling event. Mine hasn't really got much wrestling either, in fairness. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd tune in to see what happened. It was ask again in the ring with MJF and Jericho, to be honest with you. Hmm. That'd be worth the 24 enough. Yeah, I couldn't think of anybody else to put in there. So Asuka just went in there. Asuka's the best. Mm-hmm. I wanted someone similar size to Adam Cole. <laughs> she could probably legit beat up Adam Cole in real life as well, I'd imagine. I think she could legit beat up oh, anybody. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to watch her choke out Chris Jericho, though. That would I'd, be awesome. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, on that thought, <laughs> on that 500 yeah, podcasts. <laughs> Uh, can, you, can you believe it? Dumpster fires the 500th part. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Rogue Opinions proudly presents. We had 500 points to get ready for this. And we were still <laughs> underprepared. <laughs> the Rogue Opinions <laughs> way. Uh, Scott, where can people find you and what have you got going on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scott You can get the other podcasts that I do. Uh, it's also on Rogue Playing Speed, uh, Scott and Paul Round Podcast at SP Rambling. I'm unsure when this is coming out but you can check out you know, the stuff we've got going on where we've been doing some impact stuff and some uh some fun Fraser related content over there uh here on rogue opinions rogue retro smackdown me and sam uh nathan will be joining us i don't know if it'll be out before this uh for judgment day 2000 should be an interesting time 
Uh, me and Sam Boss have got some Millerite WrestleBlated pods we're planning on doing, if they're not out already. And uh, me and Carl are uh, we're doing some one-off episodes of uh, Pod Name Easy. It seems like we're, we might district, we might depending on what I think of the first episode, do The Witcher season one, depending on what I think about it. And at some point, we we might talk about the Batman. I'm Batman. This is why Carl was so unprepared. You know, he was out there beating up criminals. He doesn't have time for weird fantasy making pods. <laughs> you have to go punch Paul Dano in the face. That's it. It takes up a lot of your time. It does. I wasn't underprepared. It's just some of my writing went a bit squiffy and I couldn't read it properly. You know, these these things happen. Yeah. Yeah, you were just stuck in the 70s writing with a pen and paper. Yeah, yeah. Chuck and Slate. <laughs> Carl, where can people find you? You can find me on the Tinternet. That, that's it. No, you can find me at Carlos underscore Fire 80 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find the brand, uh, if you still want to find the brand after this shite, uh, Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter and Instagram and you can check out all the pods I do with the Buffy Retro Pod. There's um Guns and Devils where we talk about football, which I don't want to do at the moment because you like the shite. And you can find me with my co host Scott as we do Poddy Name Easy, as he's just said. And the tennis pod as well, which is making a bit of a comeback with myself and young Nathan over here. That's it. Yeah Sorry, Scott, go. Okay. I was going to say, uh, I, I appreciate the way Carl said you can find me on Tinternet, but honestly, for a few seconds, I thought you were going to say, and you can find me on Tinder. I'm always just not doing it for Carl anymore. He's looking for something more meaningful. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Nathan Greenway, as Carl's already said. You can find the brand at Rogue underscore Opinion. We'll be back for 501 uh, very soon. And uh, I guess we'll part two of these stories in 500 podcast time yeah see you in four <laughs> years guys we're <laughs> still here yeah
It's all